This is the Diamond Hogs Podcast with Mason Choate and Robert Stewart. Welcome to the Diamond Hogs Podcast. I'm your host, Mason Choate. As always, I have Robert Stewart along with me, and we're doing it old school style to recap one of the greatest weekends of baseball, not only that we've watched, but really that you can just ask for. We, I remember when we were driving back uh, from Arlington after watching Arkansas go 2-1 and one at the Kubota College Baseball Series, and, and we were talking, and it's just kind of like, man, you know, you could not have asked for a better three games of baseball to watch. Now, obviously, Dave Van Horn could have asked for a better three games of baseball from his team. Uh, but for the most part, I mean, two and one, you'll take it. And if you say that one of the wins is over number seven, Oregon State, you'll definitely take it, Robert. Yeah, without a doubt. Um, you know, the the biggest takeaway for me, just just talking about Friday night, is that finally we can put the 2018 discourse to rest until the next time they show up in Omaha. Well, no, you can't because Oregon State beat you in the national championship. You beat Oregon State on a Friday night in February. So I know, but I get what you're they, saying. They finally beat the Beavers, right? Yes, they did. They did that. Uh, and it was behind 17 strikeouts from Hagen Smith. So, uh, you know, I've been thinking about what we're going to say to talk about that, and we'll get to it later. So just stick around. Uh, but I want to let everybody know that before we get to all that, we are brought to you by hogbeat.com. That is H-A-W-G-B-E-A-T.com, the Rivals website covering your Arkansas Razorbacks. Um, if you missed any of the action from this weekend, we have literally everything broken down on hogbeat.com. Stories for everything. Stories on every game, multiple stories, post-game press conferences. I'm pretty sure we're the only ones who had those. Um, so shout out to hogbeat.com. You're not going to find better Arkansas baseball coverage anywhere, and it's not close. So highly encourage you to go check it out. And we're also brought to you by Bet Saracen, the mobile sports gambling app of the Saracen Casino Resort and the official mobile sports gambling partner of Hogbeat. Uh, visit Bet Saracen today. That's where you could have gotten all the double R props for Arkansas baseball over the weekend. Every single game, they've got prop bets for Arkansas players. Plus, you can also just bet straight up on the game, whatever you want. Um, I know Matt Grissom, a uh, friend of the program, we were talking uh, with somebody who somehow ran into Matt Grissom. <laughs> so this is this is fun. And uh, they said that Matt bet the Arkansas-Oregon State game perfectly because he bet Oregon State uh, plus one and a half on the run line and Arkansas money line. And Arkansas won 5-4. So it was perfect. So make sure that you're betting on those games, but responsibly. So. Oh man, what a weekend of baseball, Robert. We're we're having to record this on Monday morning because we had technical difficulties. No YouTube for this one, so I'm sorry. We're going old school. And uh man, I mean, I, I don't I don't even know where to start, you know, because there's so much that happened, so many like historical performances on the mound for Arkansas. And I guess we just need to start with Hagan Smith. Yeah, I I would just open with the pitching. I mean, you can say what you want about uh, the offense and how it was disappointing that, you know, they only got the one run in a 14-inning game against Oklahoma State, and they seemingly didn't score enough runs against Michigan. But um, the, the the pitching is absolutely the headline of the weekend. Like you said, 17 strikeouts for Hagen Smith in six innings. He, he he got 18 outs and 17 world strikes. Like one ball left the infield all night. That's, that is incredible. And it all happened in under 80 pitches. Like that has to be one of the craziest statistical anomalies of that that can happen in baseball. I mean, I, I, you know, Dave Van Horn mentioned it too, right? He was like 17 strikeouts. You'd think he had 110 pitches. 
He didn't even have an 80. I mean, it's amazing to think that if this game happens uh, not in the second weekend of the season, if it's closer to to the end, you know, how much longer did they let him go, right? Because he tied the, the, the program record for strikeouts. And I would have to imagine um, he, he'd get a shot to break it if if he if they weren't trying to save his arm for more important games later in the season. Um, absolutely incredible stuff from Hagen Smith, three hits, one walk. Uh, and it was the it was the beginning of uh, of, you know, more more great pitching. Brady Tiger, Mason Molina also showed up six innings, five innings, both scoreless. Um, unbelievable stuff from from these Razorback pitchers. I mean, you, you got to hope that, that that's going to show up all year because, wow, was that impressive? Yeah, I'm going to let's read out the the combined line from Arkansas's three starters on the weekend because it's just absolutely insane. Um, 17 innings pitched, six hits, no runs, four walks, and 33 strikeouts from the trio of Mason Molina, Hagen Smith, and Brady Tiger. Absolutely ridiculous. I mean, that, how, that, how can you ask for anything better? You can't. That's literally perfect almost. You know, four walks, whatever. Even the six hits, you mentioned it like – I don't think one got out of – let's see, Molina didn't give up a hit. You said Hagen gave up one outside of the infield. Was that it? Hagen gave up two infield singles in the first couple of innings and then a, a single to center in the fourth. And the only contact out, by the way, great play, Peyton Holt, the only contact out came in the sixth inning uh, at second base. So we're talking two infield singles, a walk, a ground out to second, a single to the outfield. The rest were punch outs. Unbelievable. That's crazy. That is absolutely insane. And it, it wasn't just the starting pitching either. Like, all of the pitching was really good all weekend. Without a doubt. Well, I mean, it, it definitely got, got a little a, a little close for comfort there at the end, right? Yeah. Um, but, you know, the offense the offense did what it needed to do. It, it looked good in, in a very, very competitive baseball game uh, on Friday night. Yeah. We'll get into the way that things ended on Sunday because I don't really think that was on pitching, and Damian Horn didn't seem to think it was on pitching either. So, I don't uh, either. Okay, so let's just uh, overall let's talk. So Arkansas wins two of the three games. You beat Oregon State on Friday, five to four. You lose to Oklahoma State in fourteen innings on Saturday, two to one, and then you beat Michigan four to three. Like Robert said, a little too close for comfort there on Sunday, but you get the win. So. Successful weekend. Arkansas is five and two. D one baseball rankings just came out. Stay put at number two. Um, I thought I really thought the only movement they would have is going up to number one, just because I thought the the D one baseball guys might really put a lot of stock into that win over Oregon State because um, it was really really impressive. But let's uh, that's a good transition because let's get into it. Arkansas wins five to four over the number seven. Oregon State Beavers, Hagen Smith, seventeen strikeouts, stole the show. He he did. That that's that's all there is to it. You know, we 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 went over it. Um and then and then like I said, also the offense actually looked good in that game, right? Um not, not, off Well the the thing is is they look good, but not really until later on. Like for a while there, it was like are they gonna blow this lead? that or not this lead but are they going to blow this 17 strikeout outing by Hagen Smith right I mean four four runs of support seemed like it should have been enough right and and it was for a minute um you know 
let's let's give props to Aiden May too because he he looked good for a while. He struck out six in in four and a third and had to leave the game with with what looked like an injury. Um, so hope he's doing okay. But he he was battling for sure. Um, but but it it was the clutch hits that they got on Friday that they didn't get on Saturday or Sunday, right? Ben McLaughlin with the two out bases clearing double um, to to sort of set the tone in the in the fifth inning that was huge, and then uh, you know when when Ryder Helfrich popped up to to third that ball fell and he ended up scoring on the next batter, you know that that fourth run was was huge as it as it turned out right. Um, between but or among Will McIntyre, Stone Hewlett, and Gage Wood, uh, you got two and a third innings of of relief pitching, and those guys gave up four earned runs, right? Um, like leadoff men aboard in the seventh and eighth both came around to score. Uh, Gage Wood gave up a colossal home run in in the eighth inning, and you know he, I don't know, Globe Life Field must be his his Achilles heel, uh, so far in his young career, right? Um, but Peyton Holt, you know, coming around in the eighth, two double plays. Uh, you may have seen the video that that the baseball team tweeted. Uh, DVH makes a makes a point of it in in the huddle with with his guys. Uh, but it's never too late to have a good day. I mean, he hits a 411 foot triple to center field and drives in a Viva Aloy for for the game winning run. And then how about Jake Faraday coming to lock things down? 96 miles an hour, blowing away a freshman pitch hitter uh to to wrap it up i mean that was just an incredible baseball game and um you know again say what you will about the last two games but that that alone made the trip worth it 100 percent, yeah um yeah the the hitting was huge ben mclaughlin is just a straight up dog dude all he does is hit baseballs he's he's so good at hitting baseballs and it was it was huge to to see him rewarded with that um, with that double because he he hit a ball smoked a ball to, to first base with two outs and two runners on right into the first baseman's glove so. yeah I think that was, ball was hit 102 off the bat too so I think you're right um I, I want to talk about Jake Faraday though because let's 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 be realistic here because I said it was interesting that they brought him in at the at the time because it was it was it was interesting Jake Faraday really you're going to go with this guy, the junior, who had, what, like four or five innings pitched in his career in this huge moment against number seven Oregon State after Hagan Smith struck out 17 batters to start the game? Right, and and the context is you got one out runner in scoring position, tying run in scoring position. Yeah, so that it was a huge moment for a an otherwise unproven pitcher. And I watched Jake Faraday in the preseason, and he looked great, and he, he looked dominant, but I've watched a lot of other pitchers and hitters look great in the preseason and not I mean like we all look scrimmages are one thing in the game that situation you just explained against the number seven team in the country is different so it was a little interesting to see Jake Faraday come in and shout out to Jake Faraday for getting the job done even after it looked like he wasn't going to because what didn't didn't he have like a a wild pitch a wild Um, pitch to to move the run within 90 feet the tying run within 90 feet and then he blows two different dudes away just completely ballsy stuff it was it was as Dave Van Horn loves to say good to see see. yeah it was good to see uh so yes the Jake Faraday the Jake Faraday closing the door was electric um and what a game man just a game where you know for for hours after that game multiple times like can you believe what Hagen Smith just did 
<laughs> and then you wake up the next day. Can you believe what Hagen Smith did last night? I mean, here we are. It's Monday morning. I'm sitting at home in, in Virginia, and I'm still thinking about it. Yeah, like, let's uh, let's go ahead and pencil in Hagen Smith as weekend MVP on the mound. Because we don't yeah, even I mean, have to do that segment. <laughs> yeah, let's let's skip it. Let's not pretend like we have to name two. I mean, that that was genuinely the most incredible individual pitching performance I've ever seen on a baseball field. Yeah. And and there were, you know, there were plenty of pro scouts in attendance for one thing, but there was also national media in attendance for that game. Uh Aaron Fit of D1 baseball was there and compared uh, Hagen Smith to do two different names that if you've watched college baseball for a while, you should know these names. And it's Paul Skeens and Steven Strasburg. Those are both two... of whom both of whom went number one overall in the MLB draft. Yeah. So those are those are two good names to be mentioned with if you're Hagen Smith. And the thing I don't know, dude, the thing about Hagen is that like we talked to him after the game and he's just like so like laid back, like don't even he struck out 17 people and was like, yeah, no, I just want to, you know, shout out to my my teammates and stuff. And it's like, dude, you struck out 17 batters. I mean, I, I want to know just one time in life what it feels like to be that dominant at something. Here's here's another thing. Uh, I, I agree with what you said, but here's another thing. Uh, you mentioned Paul Skeens. Wasn't he the winning pitcher in Baton Rouge in the game Paul Skeens pitched last year? Um, I think that was Hunter Holland. What? Oh, he, I know. Oh, I know. Hunter Hagen Holland came in, started. Hagen came in in relief. Yes, he might have actually been the winning pitcher. Yes. Um, oh, interesting. Okay, I I do want to read some more uh notes from Hagen's outing real quick. So he he had the seventeen strikeouts. He held Oregon State scoreless for six innings, so didn't give up a run. Walked one batter. Only gave up the three singles. We talked about that. Each of his first fifteen outs were strikeouts. Um, the sixth it did it wasn't until the sixth inning, the first out of the sixth inning was his first out that wasn't a strikeout. Shout out Peyton Holt made a great play at second. Um, six of his strikeouts came on three pitches. Eight were on four pitches. Fifty nine of his pitches were strikes. He threw just nineteen total balls, and he had seventeen strikeouts. That's it's just ridiculous. Yeah, it's, it's just ridiculous. And again, one ball left the infield all night. Yeah. Um. Let me let me try to find a quote from Hagen here, just to kind of because I mean, like he's so does not like it's just not a big deal to him. You know, this is just normal for him. Also, also while you're finding this quote, uh, I got an alert from the MLB app about how dominant Hagen Smith was. That like Major League Baseball is taking notice of like how how dominant this college pitcher is like personally as a nationals fan washington has the number 10 pick this year if he's not a 10 a top 10 draft pick i'm going to be very offended yeah um i don't i can't really find a good one from hagan but dvh basically said everything was working we'll see how he does next week but it'll be hard to top that one <laughs> so it, it, it'll be hard for him to ever pitch a better game in his life i mean i'm sure he will at some point it you know this the stakes will be higher, and and he'll have a a similar performance. But good lord, that was crazy, and, and I'm and glad that out, I that I got to see it in person. Shout out Peyton Holt too, the 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 Moneyball guy with the big hit, you know. So that was huge for Peyton Holt. Um, but I mean, this story was Hagen Smith and nothing else. 
in my opinion. So, agree. All right, let's move on to Saturday's game, which was just an absolute marathon. And it was Saturday was Saturday was an annoying day for one reason and one reason only: Arkansas basketball. That's why, <laughs> because we had to cover the Arkansas basketball game, and then we got to eat some food and then go like straight to the baseball game. And so it was awesome, and I love my job, but it was a long day, and then the game went 14 innings. <laughs> and and it turns out those last five didn't even need to be played because there was such a bad call by the umpire that would have ended with a walk-off walk for Oklahoma State in the ninth inning. But we played on, and how about, I mean, obviously disappointing result for the Razorbacks, but a walk-off suicide squeeze? Yeah. Have you ever seen that? Well, I don't, I you know, no. But also at the same time, you know, or Oklahoma State wasn't going to get it like an actual hit. You know, Arkansas's pitching was unhittable for the most part. They they had six hits in thirteen and a third innings. Yeah, how many did Arkansas have? Eight, Eight. and fourteen. Yeah, which so, makes it pretty devastating that they only scored one run, and also Oklahoma State made three errors. Yeah, man, the lineup is a the lineup is officially a concern. <laughs> I think we can say that right now. Right now, it is right now. Look, it's all we're seven games into the season. I'm not overreacting yet, but the the just you know the way that they performed the last two games was definitely when when Dave Van Horn is is visibly concerned and upset. You know, that's when I start to be like, okay, maybe this is something that we should at least just look at. And that when I say that, I mean the just the lineup issues and what you just said eight hits or Oklahoma State had three errors and you only scored one run yeah I mean like regardless of how Van Horn feels about it obviously it it you know contributes that that he was like you said visibly concerned Sunday afternoon um I mean you you just can't deny the numbers right we we talked about it um last weekend with the JMU series they had like eight nine and eight runners left on base uh the last three games of of that set uh and here they are with 15 against Oklahoma State you I'm I'm sure you've got the the uh, numbers with runners in scoring position and oh with with RISP it was they were one for 14 and it was it was worse than that I'm pretty sure with with runners on in general um you you just have to do better than that um like you said I still don't think it's a reason to to panic right now um but you know you can't ignore the numbers that they're they're not good right now. Um, like I said, they got it done Friday in in the biggest spot against the best team. Um, so that was at least encouraging, but it sort of disappeared after that. I mean, the obviously the one run is disappointing uh, against Oklahoma State, uh, especially when you have run, uh, leadoff runners aboard in the seventh and eighth innings and nothing happens. And also the 14th inning. <laughs> they they had plenty of opportunities to win that game even after Oklahoma State tied it in the ninth um but it just didn't happen and it honestly on Sunday it felt like they should have scored more than four runs oh yeah they definitely should have scored more on Sunday but and you know shout out to Brian Holiday and, and Gabe Davis Oklahoma State pitchers they they were pretty darn good um for the most part um yeah, yeah I mean six six innings one run for Holiday and then Gabe Davis had five and two thirds scoreless in relief. Yeah, that it was really good. They they made the Arkansas lineup really, really, really work for it. Um, you know, Aloy, McLaughlin, Helfrick, all three strikeouts in this game. 
So it it was a long game. You mentioned, I mean, here's another thing that you have to think about with this game, though. And I asked Dave Van Horn about this after the game. We know that the zone was just horrible. It was. It was just that's a fact. The zone was bad. There were at least two strike three calls that ended in inning for Arkansas. Like it was strike three calls in favor of Arkansas that were not even close to strikes. And and that's, you know, from the Arkansas perspective, not strikes. Game should have been over on two occasions. Um so uh that that the fact that that was happening it makes you have a different approach when you go to the plate because you're have you know your your zone is different and when you don't know your zone then you know your approach is just kind of out of the window and you just you're just kind of guessing almost and so that's what you saw happening that's why Oklahoma State couldn't hit very well and it's why Arkansas couldn't hit very well it's why uh Josh Holiday was upset with the umps it's why Dave Van Horn was upset with the umps during and after the game. And I even think Dave was a little bit still upset after the game on Sunday with the umpires. It was just it was I think it was bad umpiring, especially home plate on Saturday night. You know, I'm I'm not gonna disagree there. Like uh for context, you you said the uh Saturday sucked for one reason, basketball. I was I was working like my silly little day job during this 14 inning marathon game. Um I I kept looking up at the broadcast to watch uh, replays of of some of these strike calls, and they were atrocious. Like they, you can't dispute it. Um, you you would hope that you don't run into that home plate umpire again. I've got his name listed as Banks. I think it was Michael Banks. Um, well, it, it looked like it looked like all weekend it was a Big Twelve crew. So yes, I, I did see the XII hats for sure. So I don't. Mm... The only time they might get a Big 12 crew would be it's Texas post- Tech. Postseason or Texas Tech, but the Texas Tech games are in Fayetteville. Are in Fayetteville, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Well, um, hopefully it's not an issue in the postseason then because that would be bad for everyone. Yeah. Um, we haven't even talked about the Arkansas pitchers, though. How about Brady Tiger going six scoreless with, with uh, six strikeouts and then the, the relief efforts from Cody Frank, uh, Gabe Gackle, and Colin Fisher, all at least five outs. No earned runs, incredible stuff. Yeah, dude. I mean, Gabe Gackle and and Colin Fisher, the two freshmen, just absolute stones, dude. Ice in their veins. They both came in, and and it was not easy for either one of them. Both of them ran into you know their own situations. What 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 kind of situation did Gackle come in with? Because was it bases loaded? Gackle inherited three runners with one out in the ninth inning in a tie game, and he struck freshman. out two guys. That's just a like just like Jake Faraday did the night before. Again, again, want to make very clear uh, the the with two outs, ball four definitely should have been called. It wasn't. He struck the guy out. No, but that you know, I I want yes, I agree. But also that doesn't discredit everything else Gabe Gackle did. Like Gabe Gackle was a right. trick. Right. I mean, he he retired his first eight batters, walked a ninth guy, and then and then that was his outing. Right. Two and two thirds, no hits, one walk, six strikeouts. Against nine batters in in the ninth, 10th, 11th and 12th innings. Yeah, man, he he kept giving his team a chance to win and they kept not taking it. And, you know, I. I think that the way that Dave Van Horn approached post game 
was perfect because when we were talking to him, he he made an effort to really just only talk about his pitching. Even when we asked about the lineup struggles and the hitting struggles, I feel like he continued to bring it back to his pitching and be like, look, guys, we our pitchers were incredible tonight. I think we should talk about them. And, and it's an unfortunate loss, but once you get to the 14-inning mark, you don't – I mean, like, obviously you want to win, but it's like let's just finish this game because we have another one tomorrow. You know what I mean? Yes, I do. And and somehow we have overlooked this unless you mentioned it in, in the open. Uh, program record 25 strikeouts in that game that <laughs> yeah, broke <laughs> that broke the the mark set the night before with 23. Yeah, dude, that was insane. I don't I mean, that's the thing is like this game went so long there's so much to talk about and that kind of gets lost in the fold especially with the fact that you lost. You have a program record 25 strikeouts and you lost. That's why you say the lineup's a little bit of a concern. <laughs> right. And and you know, we can also talk about defense because the last two games they combined to make six errors in, including one by uh, Jared Spraglot in the 14th that set up said uh, walk-off suicide squeeze. Now, Spraglot and, you know, we were we were next to each other for this when when he made that barehanded play on the chopper to wow. to to gun down the runner at first. That was unbelievable. <laughs> Um, and yeah. and Jason Jones had a great outfield assist in left. Um, you know, th- there were flashes of of brilliance defensively, but the errors also kind of scream at you a little bit. Yeah, and it's unfortunate that it's Spraglot because he's the guy that we've talked about and Dave has talked about as a, a really good fielder. And he said after Sunday's game even, because, you know, a little bit of foreshadow here, Spraglot has another error in, on the weekend. <laughs> um, but... Dave said he, after he made his, two. He made two know, on Sunday. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it's not. It was. It was a tough weekend for him in the field. But Dave said, you know, we brought him in. We were expecting him to be uh, a better fielder than hitter, and right now he's our best hitter, and he's not fielding the ball very well. <laughs> so, it's. I think it's a, just a situation where they're still trying to figure out what's going on, and we're seven games into the season. So, but the the loss to Oklahoma State was tough. Yeah. Look, I think I think Oklahoma State's start to the season was a fluke after after their weekend in in Arlington. <laughs> without a without a doubt, I didn't even see. By the way, how did the how did the game with Oregon State end? Oregon State beat Michigan, or uh, against? Are you talking about Oklahoma State's game? Yeah, yeah. O- OSU, OSU. How'd that go? I would assume Oregon State won. I would too, but I never saw it. <sighs> Let me look. Uh, Oregon State won eight to one. Okay, that that makes sense. Oregon State, by the way, uh, run roll win Saturday and then an eight one win Sunday. So, um, that that should tell you how impressive uh, the pitching performance was from the Razorbacks on Friday. Yeah, that win against Oregon State is going to be one we look back on all year for sure. Signature win, instant classic, all the cliches. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's move on to Sunday's game. And before we do. I want to remind you about hogbeat.com, H-A-W-G-B-E-A-T.com. Visit it today. No better Arkansas baseball coverage or Arkansas athletics coverage in general. We also do the basketball and the football teams. So visit it today, the Rivals website covering your Arkansas Razorbacks, and uh, join us if you don't mind. We have a great community on the Trough message board. That's where we provide all of our insider information, all of our uh, statistical analysis, anything that is premium on our website is going to be on that message board as well i think it is well worth your money it's only ten dollars a month 
$100 for a year. So save you some money, get the year one, and uh, join us. A lot of great coverage, a lot of great stuff. So we'd love to have you over there. And uh, also visit Bet Saracen, the mobile sports gambling partner of hogsbeat.com. If you're in the state of Arkansas, you can download it and get the double R props for Arkansas baseball. You can't find them anywhere else. If you want to bet on Arkansas baseball player props, you can go to Bet Saracen and get them today. You can only bet in the state of Arkansas. So shout out my Arkansans. Robert, you're not one of them. You cannot get the double R player props. No, it's it's tragic, really. It is. Okay. But visit Bet Saracen, and you can get them today. Please gamble responsibly. All right, Sunday's game. Um, I really, I, I, you kind of should have dominated Michigan. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, we, we sit there between, between the 14 inning defeat and, uh, Sunday's one o'clock start time. And we're like, well, you know, you really should run roll the Wolverines. Oregon State did it. Um, they're, this, this is not an excellent baseball team by any stretch of the imagination. Um, and yet, that that is that is not what happened. Um, we're, we we got a four one game going into the ninth, and it gets painfully close. Really, um, if if you're talking about it from an Arkansas perspective, um, just just not much going at the plate. I mean, they the 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 improvement was that they got multiple hits with running runners in scoring position. Right, they went three for twelve, so that's at least a little better than than the way things went on on Saturday, but. Um, it was really just sort of taking what Michigan gave you for the first six innings. Um, ben McLaughlin with another huge RBI knock in the first. Uh, Mason Molina mentioned how important that was uh, to get the lead, start pitching with the lead. Um, but then you look at the two-run fourth inning, hit by pitch, walk, walk, hit by pitch, walk. Five free passes turn into two runs. No hits in that inning. Um, and then nothing going until the seventh. Uh, Kendall Diggs with the leadoff double ends up coming around to score um, on an error, but you know, it it just wasn't um, wasn't necessarily an inspiring win like Friday was. No, and, and, and Dave Van Horn went into it um, said on pregame radio like we got some guys some guys who are kind of drained, you know, two coming off of two really emotional baseball games on Friday and Saturday. You know, Saturday Saturday's game went late. Changed up the lineup and uh, was hoping to get some guys in there who hadn't played much all weekend, who would bring them some energy, and it didn't happen. And he was disappointed to see that, as he should have been. Uh, you know, did you talk about the lineup at all just then? No. Okay. So, <clears throat> Will Edmondson leading off, starting in left. Um, DBH has said multiple times Edmondson, you know, has been their hottest hitter since they came back from Christmas. He goes 0 for 1, or not, sorry, he goes 0 for 3 at the plate. Uh, he did have the RBI walk, or did he get hit by the pitch? Which one? He got plunked, and then Diggs uh, took an RBI walk after that. Okay, so that you know, he did. You know, he got hit by a pitch, but you know, gets an RBI for it. He did strike out once, um, but you also saw Ross Lovich playing right. Kendall Diggs was in the DH for uh, the first time this year. Ross Lovich, not. I mean, two strikeouts. I think he made a play in, or two in the field. Uh, he he also hit into two double plays. One of them was brutal because it was line drive to second base. Yeah, you know um, they, so that... they they caught Sprague lot wandering after that. But yeah, um, tough outing for for Lovich at the plate for sure. Yeah, 
And then the only other, uh, well, two more newer faces. So Nolan Souza was at second, uh, walked twice, but also struck out twice. And then you had Parker Rowland who caught three walks for Parker Rowland. Parker Rowland has made eight plate appearances this year, and half of them have resulted in walks. Wow. Um. So, yeah, you know, the the lineup, the changes didn't really work. He also moved Vahiva Aloy down to the six hole, and, and Vahiva's still struggling, man, really struggling. Uh, a, a goose egg in Arlington. Yeah. That's uh, a little... A little reminiscent of uh, of Caleb Callie. He's on the Caleb Callie arc, so nobody panic about him. Yeah, and I think – do you have – actually, I, I have it right here. So, um, Aloy went, what, 0 for 13. Hudson White went 0 for 10. So, that's 0 for 23 between those two. Yeah, and, and you really saw promise out of both guys opening weekend. Um, yeah. So, Ryder Hill was also 0 for 9. So, that's 0 for 32 between the three of those guys. So not there. There were no hits from catchers this weekend. Helfrick, I guess not. I Roland, guess the catchers didn't have a single hit this weekend. Helfrick, Roland, and White all went over. Wow, fascinating. Okay. Oh, again, but, again, I'm not going to overreact or panic, but that's what happened. Yes. Yes. Uh, continue with continuing with Michigan. I don't know where you left off. To be honest with you, I. Uh, I, I mean, I, I covered the offense, but but okay. again, the story is pitching. Mason Molina going. Five no hit scoreless innings, ten strikeouts, one walk. I mean, he we we saw flashes of how of how good he could be against JMU uh, opening weekend. Struck out nine and what three and two thirds or something like that. Um, but didn't didn't hit that wall like he did last week uh, against against Michigan. Um, ten strikeouts, man. He just he just continued to be awesome. I thought one of the most impressive parts of his outing. You know, the strikeouts was awesome. The note, he didn't give up any hits. You know, he was nearly flawless. But just for him to to um, to watch what Hagen did on Friday, to watch the pitching staff, you know, set a new program record with 25 strikeouts on Saturday, and then to come out on Sunday and not, you know, that's added pressure no matter what you think about it or say. Like, he said that he didn't feel any added pressure. It is. It is added pressure no matter what you – it just is because 17 strikeouts, how the heck am I supposed to follow that up? 25 strikeouts, what the heck? How the heck am I supposed to follow that up? And then he yeah. follows it up by being nearly perfect. Yeah, and uh, the only time a ball left the infield for, for Molina on um, Sunday was when Parker Rowland threw it past second base trying to catch a runner stealing. Um, <laughs> the, the the fact that he he outdid Hagen Smith in, in one respect is pretty impressive. No balls leaving the infield off the bat. Yeah, you know, it, it makes me think – so, like, the way that Arkansas pitchers really just embarrassed hitters all weekend, it, it it's it's so impressive because those guys also play college baseball. Like, those guys those guys are also, like, most of them were on scholarship. Like, Travis Bazana for Oregon State, he's going to be a top-five pick, and Hagan Smith struck him out three times. Yeah, it, it, it's going to be interesting to see which guy gets drafted higher, right? Yeah. Like when when the MLB draft is on later this year, they're gonna show that those highlights of Hagen Smith striking out Travis Bazana three times, you know. Um, so I I just find it so impressive just the way that the opposing hitters by all three teams looked helpless at the plate. You know, they they look it looked like men against boys, honestly. It it absolutely did. I mean the 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 total strikeout count for 
for the three games, I think, was 59 in, let's see, what, 9, 9, 18, 14, 32 innings. 59 strikeouts at 32 innings. Um, Got to be a program record. There's no there's no way it's not. I just don't know what the previous record was. Here's here's something for you to check on while I finish this thought. Uh, now that it's Monday, have they released um, – has the NCAA site released um, team strikeout totals, or is it still as of Friday? Uh, let me look. Also, we need to talk about College Baseball Central's uh, top 25 rankings. So yes. let's finish let's finish Michigan – and then we will get into a little bit of just riffing for a little bit, and then we'll get off here. Here's here's my final thought on on the pitching staff. As as good as they have been, not just this weekend, but but through through both series we've seen so far, you you have to think that at some point this lineup is going to respond and step up its game at the plate. Right? Um, again, we've we've seen um, we've seen teams struggle. You know, just look at 2022, right? Arkansas could not get it done at the plate. Um, heading into postseason play, they found a way to work it out. They'll they'll get hot at some point. You know, the the what what you guys covered uh, in in the preseason scrimmages, it wasn't an accident. Vahiva Aloy, um, he he seems to be that dude. I have I have no concerns that this lineup might not figure it out. Um, it it'll happen at some point. So. Let's 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 not panic about it. So the Razorbacks do lead the nation with 102 strikeouts after this weekend. Uh, number two is Abilene Christian with 101. So you know LSU's got 99. Florida State has 99 or 98. Mississippi State 96 strikeouts. They're four and four though. So yeah, good for the Hawks. Yeah, uh, 59 in three games. I I know it was five extra innings, but just. Incredible stuff. That's why you show up to the yard. I'm so glad I did. Okay. Uh, anything, what What else do we need to finish the Michigan game? I don't remember where we were at, to be honest. Uh, we didn't really talk about how the game fell apart um, a little bit in, in the eighth and ninth innings. Um, Will McIntyre had a much better outing than he did Friday night when he gave up uh, two runs in the one inning he pitched. Uh, McIntyre kept the no-hitter going into the seventh inning. Uh, gave up a two-out double, but ended up getting out of that jam. And, you know, he, he ended up going three, didn't give up an earned run. Um, and so that was definitely encouraging from from McIntyre. Um, but, it, like I said, didn't give up an earned run, did give, give up an unearned run. So defense started to cost him a little bit. Sprague lot with an error uh, in the eighth against the leadoff batter, ended up getting to second base, and then the nine-hander drove him in with a single. So you're looking at a 4-1 game. And it really starts to collapse in the ninth with two errors, one by Holt, who came in as a defensive replacement for Souza, and another by Spraglot. Um One of those runs was unearned as well. Um, Cody Frank, pitching for the second time in the weekend, had a little trouble, like gave up a leadoff single, but then got two outs right away. And then single error, single error. And, you know, the, the bases were loaded. Like... <laughs> the tying the tying run was 90 feet away a single probably would have walked off the game for michigan and the hogs would have suffered two straight uh walk-off losses which would have been brutal especially after all all that we've uh discussed with with the way the pitching went 
Yeah, I so they had they had Gage Wood up and and warming up at one point, and they decided to go to Frank. And I asked DVH about it after, and basically he was like, "Well, we weren't expecting Frank to have to get five outs." So, and that's what happened. He had to get five outs because of the errors. And man, it was that this this episode could be going much differently if Michigan walks that game off. To be honest with you, like I and it didn't really feel like it didn't really hit me that Michigan could actually walk it off until the like the pitch before the last out because I I started typing up a final score tweet for Michigan to win because I hadn't even like considered that uh, until that point. That's how much it, you know, Arkansas should have won that game and it fell apart. Yeah, I mean it it was definitely ugly and and we heard we heard Dave say uh Sunday that you know, they're they're fortunate to be 5 and 2. Let's 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 not sugarcoat it at all. I mean, you know, we can sit here and rave about the pitching staff cuz you know, they're what they're doing is certainly deserving of that, but uh it's it's really, you know, a, a complete 180 in in the other facets of of the Razorbacks game right now. All right, let's uh let's wrap up with some so we did weekend MVP on the mound, Hagen Smith. I mean like MVP at the plate, Ben McLaughlin. <laughs> I think it I happens. I think I think Ben McLaughlin's probably the best answer um having driven in four runs. That was I mean nobody else had more than two. Kendall Diggs was the only guy with multiple RBIs. Only other guy um, I, I think McLaughlin was the most clutch hitter, uh, had some bad luck, as I mentioned, with the, the line out in the Oregon State game. Um, but you could also give a nod to Jared Spraglot with, you know, hit going for six for 12 uh, and had three doubles. So let's let's go with those two two answers. OK, Spraglot and uh, McLaughlin is cool with me. We got Jared Spraglot, by the way, two time weekend MVP uh, through through two weeks of his rated back career. Well, he's the cleanup hitter now, so you would hope. Right. <laughs> um, let's do some cleanup here and just make sure that we're not missing any storylines from the weekend. So uh, the game against Oklahoma State was the highest attended college baseball game this season. Um, let me pull up the exact number. I put it in one of my stories. It was, it was over 16,000, I believe. 16,271? Yes, 16,271. I just I feel like after we record these and I publish them, I always think about something that we should have talked about. So I'm just I'm literally scrolling through my Twitter feed right now to make sure that we don't miss anything. But we do need to talk about this though, and I'll let you think about this while I scroll. College Baseball Central, which look, let's it's College Baseball Central. We're not going to put a ton of stock into this, and it, the rankings don't matter whatsoever. I just I think they're searching for clicks with this, but what the heck. They put out their top 25. Arkansas is at number four, and Oregon State's at number three. No. <laughs> I mean, Come on now. They both went two and one over the weekend, and Arkansas beat them head to head. Come on. We we gotta be we gotta be serious about this. Um like you said, uh that that's that's all you can chalk it up to. They're they're doing that for clicks. Yeah. I mean, but my I just quote tweeted and said, Is this a joke? Because what the heck, dude? It it it, it has to be for clicks for sure. Um, yeah, I can't really think of anything else. Texas Live was a good time. We saw someone get arrested. That was fun. That was crazy. Oh, my goodness. Um, yeah, but going back to rankings, I mean, like, if 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 they're sticking around at number two in uh, D1 baseball despite a loss, like, 
that 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 tells you what you need to know. Like they also could have gone up to number one, and I wouldn't have batted an eye. Right. Um. I I think I think it's Wake Forest until proven otherwise. Um. And and they probably have have the right after you know the dominance they've uh displayed over the last year really. Um. But I don't know. It's like, do you do you feel like they're playing like the number two team in the country right now? Like, obviously they are from a pitching perspective, but again, they're kind of fortunate to be five and two. They are. Um, looks like Wake Forest swept Dayton over the the weekend, but they did lose a midweek last week. Um, the pitching the pitching is good enough to be number one in the country. The w- without a doubt, yeah. without a doubt. So that's that's why I think I wouldn't be surprised if they would have gone up to number one. Not, I mean, like, look, Wake being number one, that's fine. Um, I don't know. I think it's just a matter of like they're they're gonna figure out the lineup. They're just there's so many different guys still battling. D- DVH basically said it yesterday. I think he said they got like four or five positions that they still don't even have locked down yet. So right, and and there's still two more weekends until Missouri comes into Fayetteville. So like, there's there's time to figure it out. And it's also Missouri. So like, what do you say? <laughs> How many weeks? Two. Two two more weekend series, and then and then the Tigers will be there. Okay, so you have three more weekend series to get ready for the start of SEC play at Auburn on March twenty first. <laughs> That's what you have. Um, I, I will. I will never. Uh, I will never reject any Mizzou SEC hate. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe above all because of geography. Neither S nor E. No, and and also bad at baseball don't care they don't care about baseball they need to do one of those things where like you know how uh, a team can have a specific team like a a basketball team in one conference and a football team like i think notre dame might be in the acc for basketball or something like that yeah yeah i know what you're talking about okay missouri needs to be in like the The missouri valley conference missouri valley conference yeah for baseball and they they would never win that conference either. They would never win that conference. That's true. All right. So like obviously listen to the rest of the episodes this season, but in particular, uh, stay tuned for the pre and post Missouri episodes to get some all time ranting from Mason because I'm sure it's in the cards. Well, it's not. They're not playing in Columbia on a turf field, so that is true. But I'm I'm sure you'll you'll spend some time on that. Yeah. Um. All right. Any other cleanup from this weekend? I'm trying to think. I don't think there's any other storylines that we're missing. I don't think so. Like, can we can we talk about Hagen Smith again? We that's the thing, and and you know I was even thinking about it though with Hagen. Like, there's only so much you can say about 17 strikeouts. It it just speaks for itself, really. It does. It does. <laughs> you know, I could I could sit here and use the same adjectives: remarkable, incredible, ridiculous. Is all true again, and it will be until the end of time that's that's a game i'm going to think about for a long time oh another one was that uh the the 14 inning game against oklahoma state is the longest game in globe live field history innings wise i don't think time wise it did go over four hours though yeah i mean innings wise it makes sense that's i think that's the first time i've scored a game that's gone past 13 i've only got 13 innings worth of page in my scorebook yeah All right. Well, let's wrap it up here, Robert. I appreciate your time. I appreciate everybody listening. Go visit hogbeat.com if you want more Arkansas baseball coverage. And uh, also go to Bet Saracen. Arkansas plays Grambling on Tuesday. So you can get those double R player props for Arkansas versus Grambling on Tuesday. 
It'll be interesting to see who they start. Oh, here's another thing that we need to mention. Ben Bybee has mono. <laughs> we did hear that. Yeah. Uh, Parker Coyle was also sick over the weekend. So those are those are two updates on pitchers that we did not mention. Sophomore arms to keep eyes on uh, moving forward for sure. Yeah. Uh, I, what made me think about that is we don't know who's going to start on Tuesday against Grambling. So uh, definitely follow me on Twitter and visit hawkbeat.com. And we'll have you covered with all of that good stuff. So, Robert, thank you. It was a great time in Arlington. It's always it's always a fun trip down there. And so looking forward to it next year. And looking forward to the rest of the season, man. Friday nights or Thursdays, um, I mean, it's going to be can't-miss stuff when Hagen Smith's on the mound all year, dude. <laughs> Without a doubt. Without all right. A doubt. Top 10 draft pick material. Uh, this, this is the kind of player that you need to ap- appreciate every start because – you know it's not going to last. Yeah. All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We'll talk to you on Friday. You've been listening to the Diamond Hogs podcast. Follow the guys on Twitter at Chote Mason and at DRStew32.